wins it. Oh, yes again for the fourth time tonight. Their number one goal getter, Gabe Clausen. from Bramlett and a shot and a score! Cody Glass starts the scoring and the Predators lead at home. He can be the hero against Daley Kiefer, the left-handed shooter coming in, ran out of room! Januzzi stops them! Hawks win their second best start! Franchise history. Here at Pucklandia, we've been working with Cartside, which is a food cart pod on Williams Avenue, just north of the Glass Palace, eighteen twenty-five North Williams. It's a it's a short walk from the rink. And it's a food cart pod. There's there's six or seven different carts to choose from, but what's really nice about it is there's a bar there, uh, a tap house, and there's indoor seating, outdoor seating, uh, a lot of a good variety of of beer, a lot of a lot of IPAs and stouts and whatnot. They cycle them out frequently, uh, so there's a lot of different variety there from from week to week. And we're working on a special promotion that listeners to Pucklandia will get if you if you mention that you listen to the show they're going to set you up with uh, happy hour prices which is which is a really nice deal honestly and uh you know it's a nice uh, pregame to, to to get prepared for for the hockey game that night and uh a place that that I've went a few times here over the the course of uh when things open back up so our friends at our cart side are are uh, you know looking forward to puck landy listeners stopping by and taking advantage of of a deal, and so it's, um, it's a thing you should look into. Maybe I'll see you over there. Welcome into a uh, joint production between Pucklandia and WHO Unfiltered. Pleased to be joined by Cleve Deanshaw, the longtime writer for the uh, Times Colonist, also a member of the British Columbia Sports Hall of Fame. Hey, Chad. <laughs> Let you know. Let's. Uh, I don't. I don't think we've had you on the show since you became a member of the Hall of Fame. When, when I talk to guests that have won the Stanley Cup, I make sure to ask them about it because I think that's that's really cool and a special thing. And you know, anybody that's that's a member of 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 a Hall of Fame, I think that's pretty special too. What what was it like? You know, receiving that honor. Well, I think it was. I think the highlight of my career uh, in many ways uh, to have your province. Uh, give you a, a, a you know the, the Hall of Fame for the Sports Hall of Fame for your province to give you an honor like that uh, in in the media category you know it's it's a career defining moment for anybody and uh, I think you know uh, uh, probably the honor of my uh, career to date and uh, I remember visiting uh, the BC Sports Hall of Fame when I was a, a kid 12 years old and if you had told that 12 year old kid that one day he would be joining uh, um, uh, the likes of uh, uh, the people in that Hall of Fame, um, uh, it, I, he wouldn't have believed you, right? It would have been just beyond his wildest dreams. So, yeah, so it was a great honor. And um, and to me, it was special in, in one way in that I was the first um, 
uh, a member inducted in the BC Sports Hall of Fame in the media category that spent his entire career uh, outside the Vancouver market. Uh, so uh, that was kind of neat that, you know, that being the first guy from a mid-market uh, uh, or, or even a small market uh, 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 to be able to uh, um, to achieve that. And that, that was quite something as well and, and a real groundbreaking moment. And I hope others, you know, who have covered the WHL and, and, and the sporting communities in, in Kamloops and uh and Kelowna and Prince George uh, also get that opportunity eventually to be in the hall. I mean, it's 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 not a thing that you just stumble across where it comes easy. I mean, you've put in you know an, an entire lifetime of of dedication to this craft over there on on the island, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I started uh, in 1981 at the Times Columbus when they were the Victoria Cougars. And I came in uh, just the year after they won the, uh, well, they had won that spring. They'd won the WHL championship with the uh, record still for the most wins in the WHL and uh, CHL. Uh, and now with the 68 games, unlikely to be broken at 60 wins. Uh, that, you know, the Barry Peterson team, Grant Fuhr, uh, terrific, terrific side. Uh, didn't do well in the Memorial Cup. Unfortunately, they went seven games against the Calgary Wranglers, were exhausted by the time they got to Windsor, Ontario. And uh, lost, uh, you know, the uh, out to one of the teams uh, that was uh, included Dale Howard Chuck and the Cornwall Royals and uh, the Kitchener Rangers were great that year as well. So, uh, you know, didn't get to their final destination, but 60 wins uh, is still an incredible achievement and uh, never been matched uh, in WHL history or CHL history and still the record. Uh, so I and then that September I started at the Times Columnist and uh, so. Uh, yeah, it's been 42 years since, and uh, it's been it's been a great run, you know. And uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's been a tremendous um, uh, four decades of covering Islanders who've gone on to the Olympics uh, and done well, and you know, won medals in sports like triathlon and rowing, and uh, you know, covering the basketball. Uh, UVic, uh, University of Victoria Vikes, uh, won seven straight national titles, and were known as uh, uh, the UCLA of the North. Uh, that was a great run. And then, of course, hockey. Uh, you had uh, a lot of ups and downs in hockey here in Victoria, and uh, it's been interesting to chronicle that over the years. Cleve, I feel like you gave me a, a very hockey answer there. I'm like, hey, so, you know, you've been at this 40 years. You had a great career, and you're like, yeah, but this Grant Fuhr guy, he was awesome. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you had a hat trick. Yeah, but the other guy got me the puck. Okay, yeah. all right, you know. So yeah. this uh, this iteration of the Victoria Royals, I mean, we're you know getting settled in. Was it the six, the sixth year under the Dan Price regime? Yeah, including uh, his uh, stint with Dave Lowry as assistant coach uh, for a year. So this is now his you know put his stamp on this team, and it's you know it hasn't been a great stamp so far. Uh, this team is uh, obviously in the lower ranks uh, of the league. Uh, I mean, just their records of the last, including the bubble season uh, um, that was played, uh, were last uh, of the all, all the 22 teams in that bubble season, and uh, and then last year missed the playoffs for the um, for the first time in, in since they moved to the island. And it's interesting because. Uh, uh, you know, not known as a great team over the years, uh, as a mid-pack team before their, their recent swoon of the last couple of years. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, if you look back in the uh, it's into the files from when they when the Royals came to the island from twen- uh, from Chilliwack in 2011-12, uh, there's been only three teams in that stretch uh, uh, not to have missed the playoffs. 
and uh, it's the Winterhawks, and it's the uh, Silvertips, and up until last year, it was the Royals, uh, which is an odd uh, uh, threesome when you consider the success the Winterhawks and Silvertips have had uh, relative to the Royals. Uh, yet uh, they were the last uh, three teams remaining in that 12-year or 11-year span that had not missed the WHL playoffs since Victoria, uh, since the WHL returned to Victoria in 2011-12 from Chilliwack. Uh, so then that was a kind of interesting. They've always managed to stay middle of the pack and they, you know in you know in the hunt, but never great. Uh, a lot of it was because uh, Cam. Uh, uh, their uh, Cam Hope, their former GM, uh, was on year-to-year contracts, and of course, you know, when you can't really plan long-term in those terms, and you and you tend to, you know, just uh, to do as well as you can that year, right? Uh, and to sort of go into the next year, then hoping for the same things, and they were managed to do that. But now, it's all coming down, you know, crashing around in the last couple of years with, you know, uh, the, the lack of. Uh, of quality uh, picks they've had in the WHL prospects draft uh, in that time because uh, uh, they were always buyers at, at the trade deadline and, and never sellers even though they were a mid-pack team. Uh, so uh, and they've gone on some uh, okay runs, uh, you know, in the playoffs, but uh, never really to uh, you know a title. Uh, so uh, are close to one except that one great year they had when they won the WHL. Uh, the um, the Monroe Trophy as regular season champions, which was a mid-pack team that came out of nowhere and shocked everybody in the league in 2016, and then of course lost in dramatic fashion in Game Seven in the second round to the Kelowna Rockets. So it's been an interesting run here, Chad. In many ways, uh, you know, not uh, not great, but not bad. And now, of course, since the bubble season and last year, it's sort of the bottom has come out uh, of the whole thing, and uh, it's going to it's been some. You know, it's this is a low period for the franchise, no doubt, in terms of the on ice product. Yeah, I I figured for sure that that loss versus Kelowna in the in the playoffs, the you know the the point two seconds left in the third goal, you know that uh, you know it, it seems like in some ways this franchise has hasn't recovered from that from that particular goal and that and that uh, that game seven that whole series then. It, you know, encompassing that one play, and and it's certainly uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It looks like. Yeah, and uh, don't forget they traded away a lot of picks just to, to buy at the deadline, and uh, uh, you know, so the it's not a lot coming up in the system. They you know they got Reshny this this past year. Uh, that was the first one. You know, they were able uh, to sort of a real prime sort of top five pick they were able to to get because of their poor finish last year and missing the playoffs. And in the bubble season, they had traded away their pick and they finished last in the bubble season. So, and that uh, in the lottery, they had traded away their pick to Brandon and the lottery pick, uh, the Victoria's pick was third overall that year uh, as it would turn out to be for Brandon. It wasn't first overall, but it was third. So, I mean, yeah, so, you know, they didn't get a first round of that year. It would have been a top five and now the slowly, it's going to be a slow rebuild and it'll be really interesting, Chad, to see what they do this year in terms of the, they didn't, you know, I mean, they chased the, the eighth playoff uh, berth last year People wondered about that against Tri City and uh, and Spokane, wondering is it really worth it to get the eighth spot and then you know to look at a maybe four out exit you know in the first round, but they kept their guys right and uh, right to the end. Bailey Peach, a dramatic twenty year old who came out of nowhere last year uh, out of the QMJHL on, on the waiver wire, which is allowed now across leagues uh, uh, in certain conditions, and uh, was a 
was just a steal, you know, just a steal, and had a, led the team in scoring, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, and Terran Pfizer, their captain, you know, they decided not to trade him for, you know, which would have been a bounty uh, of draft picks, of high-ranking draft picks, and then and then they come down to the final two games against Spokane, needing to win both. Uh, won the first one on the Friday night, and uh, then the winner-take-all between Chiefs and Royals for the final playoff spot. And the Chiefs win that game. And so, you know, they get nothing for it, you know, uh, for holding on to the 20-year-olds last year. So we'll see what they do this year. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, different different players involved entirely, but they're having those same discussions in, in uh, out, out in uh, Regina every day right now as far oh, as of course, right? <laughs> what do we hold on to and what do we trade. This is the big, well, you know, uh, yeah. I see the Oil Kings pulled the big one today with uh, Kamloops, so uh, you know they've got a bounty of draft picks, right? And, uh, you know, I, you know, people, yeah, that first rounder, sure, if you trade to a contender, it's going to be eighteen to twenty-two in the first round, right, or seventeen to twenty-two. But still, I mean, you get a good player out of that, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's already started, right? So, and of course, the big Regina, uh, everybody will be watching what the Pats do, right? So, yeah. very interesting, yeah. You know, yeah, we- and this, you know, you know. Other team of what Victoria's tried to do over you know, under the Cam Hope era is being competitive every year, which is hard to do, as you know, in the three-year build-up, you know, from your good your draft being young and drafting, and then those players, uh, you know, in the third year, starting the second year, third year, fourth year of that rebuild, boom, those are the payoff years, right? And then again, it sort of goes again. But the Winterhawks, you know, coming through this weekend, I mean, it's unbelievable how they manage to stay good every year. I mean, it's just, I don't even think if that team knows the word rebuild, right? It's just absolutely crazy, right? And without this year, you know, looking down the roster, not a lot of uh, high, you know, NHL draft picks on that team, but just solid, solid guys, you know, and, you know, you know, you see, uh, you know, one top prospect like Luca uh, Cognoni, who is just was unbelievable this weekend, and he's going to be a great, great defenseman in the pros, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, guys like Aiden Litke coming through and, you know, and, and, uh, and Fromm and these guys, it's just absolutely, you know, just solid throughout. And just proves you don't have the top level NHL prospects on the team. You just have to have enough good players. Uh, 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 and there's something really special that Portland has done over the years and they just keep doing it. You know, this year, um, you know, I, I, they weren't even in my sort of, Preseason, you know, I looked at the top of the league, uh, you know, and I was thinking of, you know, Kamloops, uh, of course, uh, Winnipeg, and uh, and uh, and Seattle, and uh, you know, and Portland was kind of the second tier, but here they are, number six in the CHL, and you know, playing as well as all better than Kamloops and and uh, you know, and Seattle in the West, right? At least so uh, at this moment. So uh, yeah, I think the Ro- the Winnipeg's are kind of an organization the Royals should be emulating. Uh, uh, they've tried to emulate uh, by trying to stay competitive every year and not go through that natural cycle, uh, but they haven't done it as well as the White Hawks, I'm sure, and that was evident this weekend. I mean, this it, those, these games were not even close. You know, it was just uh, a clinic put on by the Winterhawks, and it was just, you know, usually a WHL game, you think, you know, you can see how oh, this team might be able to take on this team. And, and Victoria, even though some of those low years have managed to beat the Winterhawks, you know, on occasion and play very well against them. But this this was the biggest mismatch I've seen in, in, uh, in you know, in the 12 years since the Royals came to the island. Yeah, this this Winterhawks team, I mean, obviously we talk about them on, you know, both of these shows quite a bit, you know, especially on Pucklandia, of course. But, 
you know, uh, and I'm with you. Coming into the year, you know, they don't have any names that jump out at you. You know, I've made the point that, you know, over the last couple of years, it was almost like these guys, you know, these guys that are 19 right now and steering the ship, like, they kind of developed in a vacuum to a certain extent because we didn't ever really see them, you know, through, uh, you know, the bubble year and everything else and, you know, people playing, you know, junior A and, and all that kind of thing. And they're really, they, they've got, you know, more of a uh, depth than they've seemed like they've had before that they... They kind of have three top lines in a way, and then you you throw in, you know, Gabe Clausen, who's you know averaging over a goal a game, you know, coming up on American Thanksgiving. I mean, that's uh, you throw that on top. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty good recipe for success. Yeah, you know, and then uh, obviously the great goaltending tandem in the crease, right? Uh, you know, uh, you can go with any guy on any any night. Uh, you know, uh, and they you know they traded off here right, in Victoria and. Uh, couldn't tell one from the other you know they were both really good and yeah just yeah like uh, you mentioned Chad, just depth all the way through the lineup and uh they're going to be very tough to be it's going to be an unbelievable run to the end you know the final four and the semifinals in the west are going to be absolutely uh, killer. uh you know when you look at uh, throw prince george into that mix you know and uh it's going to be a great uh Starting in the second round, I think it's going to be just a tremendous tournament this year in the playoffs uh, between those four teams. Uh, you know, and Prince George ready to pop, right? Uh, last three years of building, they they built well through the draft, right? And now, you know, they uh, got really, you know, went through all those bad years, got got those early early round top five picks, and now uh, they're ready to burst. So uh, it's going to be a great season in, in the West. Well, you. You know, you talked about, you know, the Cam Hope era and, you know, how much of that, you know, pressure to, you know, be good every year to get in the playoffs, you get some playoff revenue, you get some experience for your guys, even if it's, you know, four or five games or whatever. I mean, you know, you you, you see that with, with Mark Lamb when he was in Swift Current because, you know, they really needed the, those first round gates to try to break even, you know, a community-owned team like that. And now you give – you know that same Mark Lamb a little bit more rope up there in in uh, in Prince George and a chance to to build something you know over over the course of time. Then it'll be you know I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that story plays itself out. And yeah, the Cougars are kind of kind of sneaky good. Like I don't I don't think I anticipate them being as good as they are right now. But they uh, I mean they're 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 doing some damage in the goal scoring department. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because, you know, we've been watching these guys for a bit now. Like you said, it's really tough the last two years because nobody really got to see it, anybody except, especially a bubble year, you know, except for those Akeeners who are watching on, uh, uh, you know, or, you know, watching on the Internet and all the games in the empty rinks as they were going on. And then last season, a little slow build to the season around a lot of hesitancy coming to the rink, uh, I found on Canada anyways, uh you know, as you know, even when the uh, restrictions were relaxed and uh, not a lot of fans were out at a lot of the games in the BC division, anyways. Um, but this year, yeah, now people are getting back into the rinks and you know, being interested, you know, in, in seeing what's going on. And uh, but we've been, you know, we see Prince George quite a bit, you know, ten to you know eight to ten, depending on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, schedule rejigs. But at least eight times a year, and these guys, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you get like a rally hiding these guys, you know, and uh, you know, they're um, it's a very, very good team and a team that's been coming up for a while now, and now is their time. You know, you mentioned Luca Cagnoni earlier as a 
player to watch and you know as exciting you know draft eligible defensemen is getting some some pretty high end draft talk and especially how valuable a, a good good defensemen are and you know over the course of the weekend I heard some comparisons to uh, Joe Hicketts being a you know a, a very successful full Royal I mean what do you see uh, you know you, you know you know Hicketts's game well do you, do you see comparisons there Oh, very definitely, uh, especially the offensive-minded uh, 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 defenseman who isn't like huge, and uh, but who has uh, uh, just has a uh, uh, just has that ice sense and just that puck sense. Uh, a very smart player and scored two against the Royals on uh, on on Friday night, and uh, just uh, you know both shots from the point, both uh, uh, sort of um, screenshots, but still. Got the puck away, got it through, which is you know for a young defenseman you see a lot of you know a lot of the shots are just blocked off because they don't take the game through. But uh, he just found you know I mean he didn't take that first shot. He moved over a bit where he saw an opening and uh, boom both 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 goals were uh, screened and he got him on net and uh, a nice shot from the point and you know for what I can see from his own end a very good defender as well. I mean he's he's ranked for the second or third round between the second and third rounds for this year's uh, next year's draft uh, for a good reason this this kid can play and he's a very good player much in that Hicketts mold uh, uh you know can churn up the ice uh, and get back in time and uh and is a you know a dynamic dynamic uh, uh, uh defender who is not overly large and who but who can uh, uh, who can get by in other ways and is very smart in doing so you know the as we get you know more settled into the season and kind of get to have a feeling of what these teams are probably going to be and what their expectations are, you know, I, I kind of got the impression that you know Dan Price, you know, I mean, he knows what he's up against, you know, on a weekend with with the Winterhawks, this version of the Winterhawks coming to town, and I feel like like he wasn't real disappointed in the in the effort and the process, you know, as, aside from you know obviously you want better results on the scoreboard but I felt like uh I felt like he liked what he what he saw from the Royals up against a uh, a formidable opponent he did uh you know it's uh Dan is an interesting guy um he you know he very process oriented so you know the media you want the spectacular quotes the team is struggling you know it's they want you know you want the thunder and brimstone and you know and laying down the law and these guys uh, uh, like you mentioned, he's very process oriented and he thinks the game through. And this is what I like about the team. This is what I like. This is what we need to improve on. Of course, in the media, you want, you know, when your team's what, you know, 313 and well, 314 and 3, you want, uh, you know, you want, you know, you want, uh, something more thundering. You know, you want something really more definitive. Now we got to do, we just, you know, it's really frustrating sometimes with the media because, I mean, he won't give you what you think a coach in the situation would give you. It's always, oh, we did this well, we did that. We go, hey, Dan, you lost five one. It's just still, but it doesn't, you know. It's just, no, well, we thought we thought we did this well. We thought we did that well, and it's coming. And if we keep doing this, it'll come. And that's sort of, you know, very uh, process oriented uh, coach that way. And uh, and sometimes, I, you know, I think the quotes. Get really Pollyannish if people readers read them, and sometimes we get. Did he really say that after a loss? And I go, yeah, that's what he said after a loss. But it's yeah, he's very and he's a very positive person and a very nice guy, very optimistic person. Uh, uh, not what you might have gotten from you know a Dave Lowry in this situation and that kind of uh, coach of of a more different uh, mold. Uh, uh, but 
you know, I, I you know, I think he's gonna. But you know, if this doesn't turn around like it did last year, after zero and uh, you know, after you know, losing, I think one and ten last year to start, they were zero and seven this year to start. But they made a great run to you know to to at least be in the hunt on uh, decision day uh, in April last year on the final day. At least they took it to the to the wire last year with a couple of good swings during the season on the in the you know winning streaks. Uh, uh, they turned the season around, but uh, I don't, you know, unless things change here, I don't see them turning this thing around like they did last year. It's an interesting team in that it's not a young team, you know, it's struggling as a, as an older team because uh, these guys have been with the, this group now together since that bubble season, and it, they just haven't advanced that the way people are, the way I think they should have advanced uh, to this point to. The thing is, when people think of always oh, a veteran team, you know, you can have a young team like they did back then. But if the players are not, you know, uh, you know, of a high standard to begin with, that that group is going to be, you know, not uh, uh, a top level uh, group by the time they get to eighteen and nineteen. But they should at least be a mid pack group, uh, you know, because they have a lot of veterans on this team and a lot of guys who can play at an adequate level. Uh, so what they, you know, uh, they should be doing better than this because it's an older team and that veteran, um, uh, presence should be starting to be felt a little more. Mind you, I, you know, I, I don't know if you've been following their injury situation, but this team has always been at injuries at the worst time to keep people. Uh, I've never seen a team in the, you know, in the W that gets more injuries to important players than the Royals have over the years. And, uh, and of course, uh, Gano Larocque is the biggest one this year. Uh, he uh, underwent surgery this summer, got, got named captain of it. A great summer for him, personally. Got named captain of the Royals, got signed uh, to an NHL entry-level contract by the, um, uh, by the uh, San Jose Shark, who took him in the fourth round. And it was a great story because uh, he came into the bubble season. He came to the Royals camp uh, you know, without uh, – he was not drafted in the WHL prospects draft. So an, an incredible story. You know that he would rise to you know to do what he did in the bubble season to get drafted by San Jose and then you know become captain of the Royals the following year. Uh, you know get the, on the uh, 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 get the entry level contract with San Jose and get invited to Canada uh, Canada summer camp for the 2023 World Junior Championships uh, camp. He couldn't go to because of the surgery and he hasn't been in the lineup yet. And that's really really hurt this squad because what he brings to this team is immeasurable. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, just uh, what he was going to bring in terms of his new leadership qualities uh, as he took over the, that role this year. But uh, he just anchored that back end so importantly for Victoria. And uh, he's been a big missing hole. And, of course, Braden Sherman, uh, their uh, leader up front, has only played four games this season, and that's really hurt their offense. Uh, he was a kid who got selected to the uh, IWHF uh, World U18 uh, tournament last spring in uh, in Germany, and uh, him and Kalen Parker from the uh, the Royals, uh, and that's the t those are the teams that go from the U.S. and Canada and the rest of the Europe. But mostly the Canadian U.S. teams are made up of the players who missed the playoffs in their junior leagues or NCAA, and uh, and so they're available in the springtime uh, to go to the IWA. But still, it's a great honor for uh, uh, Sherman to have got picked, and uh, he, um, you know, uh, he got the. Went to Boston Bruins rookie camp this year, got hurt, and hasn't didn't play until the recent road trip through the Eastern uh, Central Division, and then um, was out again after four uh, four games, and has now uh, 
uh, week to week again. So, I mean, and, and their top import, uh, Marcus Alquist, is out now as well, and he's an important part of their offense. So, uh, this, uh, you know, and then, then of course, uh, Wyatt Wilson, uh, they're uh, a top-pairing defenseman uh, for the Royals, uh, uh, who got invited to rookie camp with the Winnipeg Jets uh, this year, uh, goes out and is month to month. Uh, so they've just been hit terribly by the uh, by the injury bug, and you know this is a different team with White Wilson, uh, you know Gannon Larock and and Braden Sherman in the in the lineup. But when they get back, will there be enough time? Is there enough landing? Uh, 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 is there enough of a of a runway uh, now to April for the, that these guys are going to make any sort of difference if this team gets too far behind the eight ball and way behind in the standings? Which I guess a lot of that depends on how many times you got to contend with with Kamloops and especially Kamloops post post deadline. But <laughs> exactly, so it's very interesting. Yeah, and I see. I mean, uh, today, uh, you know, the uh, we were talking about you know the situation and very interesting uh, for Victoria. What are they going to do? Where will they be? You know, but before January tenth or twelfth, you know, the annual deadline. Uh, you know. Oil Kings pulled the trigger today. Uh, you know, sent uh, Jacob Demick to uh, uh, to the Blazers, and uh, for a first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, and fourth round pick. I mean, that's how you build through the draft, right? Yeah, yeah. And if there's any anyone that's that's you know, I don't know if anybody's done it better as far as you know riding the wave of those cycles is the the Oil Kings. You know, well, it's funny you mentioned that because after their last, yeah, I thought. Of, you know when they had won the, their Memorial Cup, and they did the same thing. It went down to the lows, and then built up through the draft, and then of course won the won the championship last year again. And it was that, it was that perfect cycle build, and nobody does it better than the Oil Kings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you have uh, you know some of the, the the Mark Pesic being, I believe, their first ever draft pick, and then he captained the captained the team to a championship, which is you know exactly what you're trying to do. Exactly right? what you, yeah. Yeah, you know we talked about some of the guys that the the Royals are missing, but you know Jake Poole is has been there for them, and you know coming over from from the Rockets, and uh, I mean where where would it be without him? I mean he's been you know dynamite for this uh, Royals club. Yeah. They would be lost without uh, Jake Poole this year. Uh, it, it, uh, that's another great story. I mean he is the Bailey Peach of this year for Victoria. Guy comes out of nowhere. I mean afterthought in. Uh, I mean. I think he got traded for an eighth-round pick. You know, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, I mean, Rockets were, you know, they had an overflow of 20-year-olds, right? So, uh, you know, and, and they were willing to, you know, he was the fourth man, the odd man out. That's the toughest thing in the WHL is a 20-year-old being that fourth guy, right? And when decision time comes. Uh, anyways, it was a, it was turned into a great trade for Victoria. Uh, I mean, he has just blossomed here. Uh, 11 goals and just uh, it, it's just been a leader and uh, mature uh, 20 uh, uh, mature is growing in has grown into his role uh, as a 20 year old leader on a team that he's just come to and uh, he just plays like a veteran out there and is a very you know has a has a real in, uh, presence and impact in every game and uh, he is very um Unshakable on the ice, and he's been around this league for four years now, and he knows what he's doing in the offensive end, and very uh, conscientious on defense as well. And he's been the he's been the story of the year for uh, Victoria this year, no doubt about that. So, Cleve, I've kept you for a little longer than than we had talked about as these 
these conversations tend to oh, be. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just love talking about it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so much fun. You discuss the league and what's happening, and you know, especially our t- in the two markets that that we cover more more closely than the others. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, I do end you your job with in Portland, but <laughs> my job at the moment anyway in Victoria. Yeah. yeah. You uh, do you got any uh, any pieces coming up that we should be looking for here in the Times Colonist? Uh, uh, no, other than uh, uh, pretty interesting um, uh, happening today for the Royals. Uh, they've signed their uh, their um, their second uh, import. Uh, it wasn't a sure deal. They, they got seventh overall. That import draft is interesting because I mean it doesn't go in order of season standings. It's just a pure. Uh, uh, sorry, it, it, sorry, it, it goes in, uh, but but you've got to share it with the other three, uh, the other two leagues, right? So you, you don't know where you're going to be in that. You, you sort of have a general idea. So the Royals knew they were going to have a pretty good uh, a chance at, at a good player this year. And uh, they got seventh overall uh, in uh, just through where they finished last year. And then the, the other two leagues factored in. They, they got the seventh pick and they picked the uh, forward out of the Czech Republic, Robin Sapasuk, who they who they have signed today and announced they have signed them today. And this guy looks like he's pretty good. I mean, he was on the Helenka uh, U18 team for the Czech Republic, so, uh, you know, he can play uh, to make the Czech team for the U18s. Uh, and that's, as you know, uh, uh, Chad, the, the spring U18 is who's available for Canada and the U.S. And the Helenka in August is the true U18 World Championship, at least on this continent. Uh, 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 just because you can, you can have all your top U18s uh, who are available at that moment, and uh, and so it's a great tournament. And uh, and and uh, South Africa had a really good tournament for the Czech Republic, and uh, you know he was a uh, he was a factor for them. And so I think they're really pumped that he has decided to come, uh, which wasn't a sure thing, uh, and that uh, he's going to be here in, in they say within a week or two or the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be a big a jump start for Victoria. That'll be a uh, uh, the story we'll be covering this week. Yeah, well, you know, like we talked about, it could be, you know, you add a piece like that and you get, you know, one of these other guys back healthy, you know. Well, yeah, you get uh, the other, uh, uh, you get Almquist back, the Danish uh, sneaky little, uh, you know, uh, uh, quick-moving little forward. Uh, uh, you know, you get uh, um, uh, Braden Sherman back. Uh, yeah, yeah, offense, suddenly there's a line there. That's the top line that, you know, improves your team immeasurably. Uh, and then in the back end, you get Wyatt Wilson and Gannon Larocque. Uh, um, you, you know that boom. That's your one-two uh, top pairing. Uh, so this could be a, a better team uh, by mid-season. It, they just have to keep their head above water at the moment and make sure they're not too far underwater. You know when they get everybody back. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, everybody make sure to subscribe to your local paper, especially if it's one that covers this league like the the Times Colonist and uh and we'll try to try to keep you in business for uh, you know, a, 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 this year and, and and hopefully beyond. Yeah, I hope so. Well, you know, uh, you know what the uh you know what the newspaper industry is like to add, it's uh, it's a tough go right now. It just it's just it's just the way that society is and how you know how this generation my kids haven't grown up with picking up a paper right so it's alien to them uh, unfortunately but you know my generation did and uh, once we're gone obviously things will change but uh, hopefully the next few years we uh, we plug along yeah well there's a lot more important things in there besides hockey that's for sure it's just one exactly. more reason we yeah. gotta one more reason we gotta keep the paper going so yes yeah, right all right well appreciate your time Cleve. uh always enjoy this chat all right.